0: Her Stewart's name was Stuart. She locked him in her closet. She made him say things like, facial hair on chubby Italian girls gets me hot. <laughs> when she was convinced that he was sincere, she let him out and blinded him with her light. <laughs> long time ago and I had bigger closets. (laughs) Something else will rise. Today I woke up forgetting where I was, slipping out of a dream where I was vacuuming up dust and dirt, my own blood and your shitty attitude. When I began to come, you began to fade. <laughs> um, the Christopher in this poem is a professor, a friend of mine, Christopher Rizzo. And, uh, yeah. Yes, Christopher Rizzo is also an amateur gynecologist on staff at Albany College. <laughs> and he's a, he's a strange guy. I love him, but he's strange. And um, this is about this. He tried to get me to go back to school. He tried to get me to cover up and go back to school and make something of my life. Um, That's what I said. (laughs) This this is basically about our our intense two-year friendship. I never slept with him, never had the interest because he just talked too much about me going back to school. So if you want to turn me off, talk about school. (laughs) Understanding Christopher, form is nothing more than the extension of content. That's Charles Olson. I think of that and it always reminds me of you. You said that phrase to me over and over again, hoping to break through, hoping for my (laughs) sake, that I would cover up the tattoos and my cleavage, write poetry like a poet, and not a Catskill comedian. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are smart, he would say. Stop hiding. You could be an academic, published, known. Form is nothing more than the extension of content. He would say, listen to the old man and how he speaks, how his words are music, the pattern in his voice. He has grasped this concept. He is thinking. He is writing not for a laugh, but for a thought. You could do that, he would say to me. You are smart. Form is nothing more than the extension of content. I repeated that over and over while you sat in your basement apartment streaming Red Sox games and drinking whiskey and texting me to write more. Stop texting me! Write more! (laughs) I never saw your apartment. I was never attracted to you. I was older and you liked girls who were young and trashy. It was never about that. It was about words and publish or perish and Charles Olson being your hero, and I still don't get it. (laughs) Form is nothing more than the extension of content. You have disappeared, and you have left me with that phrase in my head, (laughs) like a bad song I keep singing. (laughs) 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 It's It's too much! So, um, I write this column, Housewife Tuesday, every couple of weeks or so, depending on what's going on. If I have nothing to say, I won't write it. So, if you don't hear from me for a month, it's because I've not been doing much of anything. Um, but it's based on this poem. And this poem I wrote the day Peter Falk died, because he is my he's my favorite actor. He's done. When? years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That no, was don't. Donald, you're That's ruining sorry. my shtick. <laughs> we'll hand you the mic later. So, this is Housewife Tuesday. This is what I wrote the day he died. Because of you, I believe, Housewife Tuesday, I know now that the khaki trench coat is only as dull as the soul that wears it, I'm up at 4.30 in the morning with her and her endless energy. At 5 a.m. I run to a coffee shop on primary day and see politicians with donuts and your tax dollars hard at work. Teeth brushed, lunch and snack accounted for, slipper in the side door into the hallway where they are reading and coloring. I get to my car. I get more coffee while I shop. I pass laundry trucks, I pass that white Jeep Cherokee with that nasty girl inside, (laughs) an old business associate with her son in tow, I never liked her anyway so I don't say hi, I debate (laughs) about reporting the cat hoarding nurse my daughter's father left me for, I tell myself I'm no hypocrite when the real truth is I have too much to do, let alone try to rise above this, not yet. I enjoy my anger way too much to let it go. (laughs) Amigo, compañero, I know you are out there. I can feel you an angel on Housewife Tuesday. I am sitting in my car outside the mall. I am painfully middle class with full porn star eyes at 9.30 (laughs) a.m. I feel the presence of an angel. I know you're there. Be with me through the shoe department, fat (laughs) clothes, Makeup, sales racks, self help gurus, and their stolen advice, mm. boredom, TV, pickup, dinner, bath, and home. Mm. Mm-hmm. Nice. This is a very old poem, and if you've heard it, tough shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is about the movie that Peter Falk was in That's my favorite <laughs> movie, Tams of Desire I based most of my life on it Because it meant that much to me Only it took place in Berlin And I don't speak German So I wrote oh. this about London Because I speak English <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Wow>. suck it <laughs> wow. I am dreaming of London And the saddest music ever I dream of that city In Wim Wenders perfect black and white Angels in long black coats, accents, listening to my thoughts. I am walking past pubs and cafes in long black coat, overhearing, looking. My opinion of Volvo's has changed, he said. I no longer think they are very safe cars. I am dreaming of London, long black coats, cigarettes, the resurrection only a few days away. He will suffer die, be buried, and on the third day I will be walking on a London street away from everything, seeing things in Vim Vendor's perfect black and white, until I hear her say, it is spring. And only then do I see color and depth and texture, I take off the long black coat The armor, I don't need it on the streets of London. In the dream, I am alone, I am always alone, walking the talk, past pubs and cafes, longing and restless, looking for something to fill the space between. Cemented clothes to keep things out it shouldn't want. Trouble, desperation, sad princes in their tales of woe. Be easy, I say. There isn't anything worth stealing in here. I will gladly give it up without a fight or fuss, all hope and agenda while waiting for the light to change. I am dreaming of London, long black coats and Vim Vendor's perfect black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, this is about tragic hipsters because um, as much fun as the late 80s and all of that decade of the 90s were, it, it's sad when it carries over. <laughs> Although, I do like flannel. I think it's very comfortable and I hope it makes a comeback someday. Uh, so <laughs> I, there will never be a time where I won't have to wear a bra, but <laughs> if <I can. laughs> that flannel shirt shit comes back, I'm on top of it. <laughs> 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 Roofing and the art of the kiss. Shiver at the thought of making it right. Blinking lights and babbling girls. Ghosts snort Vicodin with the reality star of the moment. Tattooed, no names. They are so cool they have gone beyond names. They're just stereotypes. Faces on vintage t-shirts. Cartoons, bullshit. Time to crash and burn. Start over, rebuild your identity crisis. The things you do in an empty life of nothing. A Jehovah's Witness walks into the fog. Mm -hmm. I turn on my lights. I sense the punchline coming. (laughs) (laughs) Quickly, one of my favorite things to do is listen to other people's conversations. I love it, I live for it. So Mm. I I was getting a cup of coffee one day and I heard these two old men and they were dressed in suits and they were just having their coffee. And I would go back to that place on Tuesdays, because that was my day off, and they would be there every <laughs> week discussing a book. And this time they happened to be discussing Victor Hugo. And so I sat there. And sometimes they would go in and out of um, English and French, so they probably knew I was listening. I really. oh God! Mm. this fat girl's back, and she's <laughs> crazy. So this is, <laughs> quite simply, two men discussing Victor Hugo. In French, so I can't understand. Not that I would understand in English anyway, they were very smart. (laughs) We left off on page 803, always with constant interruptions. Restoration, revolution, places in Paris. Did I ever tell you about my first time in Paris during the war? A three-day pass. I thought to myself, I may not live to see Paris again. So I stayed up the whole three days, Mm. just walking around Paris, enchanted. I was utterly enchanted. We should pick this up next week, page 804, and the importance of witnessing an execution. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just gonna leave you with this one. this is the poem I wrote. <laughs> uh, the poem I wrote about um, Charles Olson was the first poem I wrote since this one. And this one I wrote three years ago after my mother died. And I hadn't written any poetry. I'd just been, like, throwing it all into the Housewife Tuesdays because it was just too painful. And now, like, I'm coming. I'm thinking in poet voice again. Not that annoying poet voice people do. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so this is called And the Women Cook," And this is... Um, if you're ethnic, you'll get it. If, you know, if your whole life isn't based around food, I'm so sorry for that. <laughs> <you. laughs> <laughs> I really am. And the protocol of funerals. This is the protocol that my, the w- I'm Sicilian, this is what we do. So this is, and the women cooked. Chicken with peas, special Jeannettes, cold cut trays, olives, cookies, pasta, and wine. My mother died on Halloween. Trick I or treat, do. took on a whole new meeting. This way you will never forget me, she mm. says to me in my dreams and laughs at me from the other side. And the women cooked. They came to the house quietly. They set up. They took over the kitchen. They poured the wine. They made the coffee. They arranged the grief buffet. They cleaned. They mourned. They do this as a matter of fact. It's just what you do. Their mothers did the same thing. You keep your mouth shut, and you just make sure things are clean. You make sure the glasses are full, you make sure they're in charge. And the women cooked, you see, your revolution meant nothing to us. We already did everything. We opened our own doors, we worked, we cleaned, we cooked, and we raised a generation of women that didn't take any shit. Work is a masterful science to us. It, is, it, is it better to live in your own filth and ideas? We don't think so. <laughs> My mother kept a clean house. She rolled a perfect meatball and she oh, smiled hey. through fat lips and black eyes. And the women cook. I'm alone without her. To do things for myself without her at the end of 3934. My house is broken and it's old and it's leaky but it is clean. There is food in the, fran- in the pantry, in the refrigerator, and in both freezers. My daughter does well in school. She is creative and put together. She could twirl her spaghetti at eight months old. Mm-hmm. She knows mm-hmm. when the pasta dough needs more flour. And that nanny's meatballs need to be fried and not baked. <laughs> 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 <I'm> not <good. laughs> and the women cook. That revolution worked for everybody but us. I don't have any use for it. Dinner still needs to be on the table. The manners still need to be enforced. Your life will be measured by the women that show up in your kitchen and take over. With chicken, with peas, with special Jeanettes, cold cut trays, olives, cookies, pasta, and wine. And the women cook.